My guest um, films has garnered national awards and global acclaim, including his latest feature, Tasmanian Devil. Onita, Solomon Onita is a Master of Fine Arts graduate of Loyola Marymount University and a 2020 fellowship recipient of the Warner Brothers Television Directors Workshop. Tasmanian Devil is not Onita's only body of work. He also wrote and directed Joy, which has been screened in over 60 film festivals and distributed on all HBO HBO platforms, including Cinemax. Witch Hunt, another short film from Onita, won an award at the African International Film Festival and currently runs on Issa Rae's short film Sunday Channel. Tasmanian Devil is about a Nigerian immigrant, Dio, Ata, who moves to the United States. He struggles to find a balance between his desire to join a college fraternity and bonding with his estranged father, who is a strict pastor at a local church. His father does not want him to be a part of any fraternity. In a recent interview with Onita, he talked about what kind of response he thinks he'll get from the fraternities, which he expects will be controversial. He said in his portrayal, he didn't hold back about fraternities or religion. He's a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity, Inc., and he spoke with a couple of fraternity members, and he said they told, told him that they thought the portrayal of fraternities was right on. Also, because black frats are founded on Christian principles, he said he suspects will be controversial in a faith-based community as well. Solomon Onita Jr., welcome to the show. Congratulations. I watched the trailer. I'm intrigued. I cannot wait to see this film. Oh, uh, yeah, thank you for having me. Um, Yeah, Tasmanian Devil is my first uh, feature film, so I'm happy that it's out and people are able to see it. Uh, the story means a lot to me, so uh, I'm just really excited for people to, to take a look at it. I'm going to start by saying uh, it is a possibility that without the help of the Divine Nine, Biden might not have gotten over that hump. They were very instrumental. The members of yeah. the Divine Nine were very mm-hmm. inter- instrumental in voter registration drives, uh, getting people to the polls. Um, mm-hmm. you know, telling their story. I mean, what is so wonderful, the whole world knows who the Divine Nine are today because right. of the historic election of Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. So I right. I want to talk about that a little bit, but I want to know a little bit of what is your background? Because I have spent time in West Africa. I've been to Ghana twice, Senegal once, and there is a strong Christianity base um, in West Africa. It freaked me out. I mean, it really did because they are so entrenched in white Christianity more than mm-hmm. anything else. And and it and it took me aback. Tell me, tell our listeners a little bit about your background. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a first-generation American. Uh, my family immigrated from Nigeria in the, uh, in the early 80s. So, uh, you know, we've been here for, for some decades now. 
but I guess growing up as a first generation American, I, I have a very strong um, immigrant influence in my life because I grew up around immigrants. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my parents were immigrants and then even the people who like the kids of immigrants and and all that. I see how these people try to adjust themselves to American culture. So that's pretty much my background. And that's my perspective when it comes to storytelling and, and filmmaking. I am so glad you're telling uh, these stories because I, I am I marvel at the number of um, West Africans specifically that are in in our society now in very high levels and doing everything uh this whole this this television show bob hart's uh abishola Abishola, uh, that Mm -hmm. i mean this this is in incredible stories and i have so many friends and colleagues in the in chicago who are just killing the game you know yeah are just killing the game so what what did you want to for people to take away from this uh from Tasmanian devil? What what did you want them to take away from this? Uh a couple things. One, I want I wanted to portray uh Greek life, like African American Greek life in a very authentic way. There's been a few films about black Greek Greek fraternities and sororities and reality yeah. shows. Yeah, but I never thought it was, like, a true representation of why people join these groups and why it's, like, so so valued within our community. So that's that was, like, my number one thing I wanted to do. And then second, I wanted to, you know, show a bit of my culture, show a bit of the Nigerian culture and, like, how, it is, how it's like for, for when Nigerians come to America and they try to assimilate to, to being American. And what's that process like for like for like a young teen or like or just families in general? So Tasmanian Devil deals with a bit of immigration. It shows you know the dad uh, got a visa to, to to move to America, but he couldn't take his family, and so the family kind of grows apart from each other over the years because they're separated. And then finally, the son is able to join him in America, and they have to rebuild their relationship because he grew up without his father. So different stories like this affects different immigrant communities across the country. So I just thought, since I have, you know, a talent for filmmaking, I thought maybe lend my platform to, to expose this story. Did your family think you're crazy when you said you wanted to go into the arts and didn't want to become a doctor or a lawyer? <laughs> yeah, uh, they did a bit. Um, and I feel like a lot of immigrant parents, you know, they want their kids to, to, to pick a path that is a sure thing because ultimately we are their insurance policy. Like when they, when they move to America, they're betting everything on us that their that their kids and their offsprings can make this worth, worth their while. So mm-hmm. when I told them I wanted to be a filmmaker, they looked at me kind of funny because they didn't see, you know, like a, a for sure path in that, like, you know, there, there, there's a bit of struggle in like anything creative because it's so competitive. So when it came to that, um, I have to pretty much fight for 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 what I wanted to do. So, and no, go ahead. Yeah, uh, over time, you know, I, I was able to convince them that this is a true passion of mine. It's not something I'm going to give up on, and that I have the talent and the skill to actually survive in this climate. 
Why do you think that there are so many haters when it comes to joining black sororities and fraternities? In my opinion, it's no different than you wanting to become a member of the Baha'i Temple or a Mason, a Eastern Star. But is, is, it, is it classism, do you think? Do you think there is an element of classism at, that some people are resentful that uh, of, of this lifestyle of kids that are able to go to college and, you know, joy fraternities and sororities. I mean, it's no different than, you know, than Jack and Jill. I know people that are involved with Jack and Jill. People hate them for that. They're saying that these black people and you're raising your children as elitists. I just say live and let live. Yeah, Um I mean, I guess there could be a bit of that. I mean, I don't know too much about the elitism, you know, qualities when it comes to fraternities. Mm -hmm. I just know that there's a lot of misconceptions about them. Like when people view them from the outside and they don't really know about it, they're, they're judging it on a surface level. It's not until you become involved or you like work with them hand in hand that you really know what these groups are about. But when you're anybody, when you look at something from the outside, you can, it's easy, it's easy to place a judgment on a group or, or to come to it with some kind of bias. Uh, but then, you know, as you learn more about it, you'll figure out what they're all about. So what are they uh, uh, all about? Is it, is it a brotherhood? Is it a sisterhood? Is it a need to belong to something? What, what do you think it is? Yeah, I think it's a bit of all of that. It's definitely a brotherhood and sisterhood. It's a community that's focused on the better making of man and well, like, you know, Alpha Phi Alpha, that's, that's a part of our motto. Mm -hmm. It's the better making of man. It's, it's about empowering each other in, in, in a climate that's not really built for us. You know, like as a young African-American male and you're going to a college that's not an HBCU, you're the minority. And so sometimes it's hard for you to find a place of where you belong and you just need a, a group of, of like-minded individuals to build that community with. And you guys are all after the 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 same goal, so that's what it was truly founded on. You know, these groups they most of them started in the in the early 1900s, yeah. And it was yeah, and it was built to kind of help people who who look the same and you know who think the same achieve something beyond what they were given. And we've been talking to filmmaker Solomon Onita Jr. And Solomon is the writer and producer of Tasmanian Devil. And we're going to get into all how you can see it and view it and everything else. So let's talk about this. You know, in street gangs, I don't know if they still do it now, but they used to jump uh, people in. And I'm not comparing street gangs to um, sororities and fraternities or Masons or Eastern Stars or Baha'i or whatever it is out there. But mm -hmm. I think the common denominator is that people want to belong. You know, they want to yeah. be around people that think like them, might have the same values they do. I get it. Or if you're the street gang, have no values at all. But um, the whole idea of hazing and pledging is a sore subject with a lot of people. And I just remember when I first got on the yard and 
these people, the, the you know, people that were white, their sororities and fraternities, I mean, their pledging period was like a week, and then they'd have hell, they, you know, hell week, and then mm-hmm. they're a member of the fraternity. And right. when I was in school, we did have the Kappas were pledging, and there was a lot of hoop hop. They kept those those guys online for more than a year. Uh, and there was a bit, I'm telling you, and it was a big whoop to do and with the chapter and all of that. I don't know. I was just a little sister. I was a Kappa kitten. That's as far as I would go in terms mm-hmm. of the Greek world. But what, why do you, what, tell, tell us about the surface part of the story of the pledging and hazing with your lead character in the, um, in, in Tasmanian Devil. Yeah, so um, Hazen is a part of my film. You know, I depict it only because it's a part of the history of what we do as fraternities. Now, it's not something I condone. Like, I don't believe we should still be hazing in these organizations. I think it's something that we should move past and which, you know, a lot of these organizations have have uh, officially uh, denounced hazing and they want to move past it. But we can't hide from it that it's that it, that's something that we used to practice, you know, as as a group. So the reason why I depict it in my film, I use it more as like um, as like a as like an obstacle for my main character to have to overcome, because he's trying to belong uh, within this organization and within this fraternity, and he has to go through something in order to gain their respect. So that's pretty much why I use it in my film, but it's not something that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to validate or justify. It's something that I know it's, it's, it's not something we should continue to do, and it's something that we should move past as, you know, as black Greeks. All right, then. We've been talking to Solomon Onita Jr., the producer and writer of the film Tasmanian Devil, and there was a review, and it says, Dio... A Nigerian teen immigrant tries desperately to acclimate to his new surroundings in Arlington, Texas. Flashbacks depict him as a kid living with his mom uh, back in the motherland while his free-floating zealot dad, (coughs) Pastor Julius Ayadele, I hope I pronounced that right, runs a church in the U.S. The scenes in the present day... Show Dio trying to fit in with his new Texas peers by joining a black fraternity. Lynn, one of the leaders of the frat, hates Dio and during hazy rituals beats him merciless, mercilessly uh, while yelling the N-word. The premise couldn't have been more topical. Lead actor Ata brings so much depth and emotion to the role that it's almost cruel that the script and direction fail him with needless jumps in time periods and locations, among other transgressions. Uh, what writer-director Solomon and Onita gets perfectly is the feel for young black men, swagger, bravura, uh, br- pride, language, when he gets it wrong, is graphically depicting the vitriol, evil and degradation the frat boys hurl on the pledge. It's enough to make you switch channels or leave a theater. When one pledge complains to another, 
They beat us while calling us brothers. The irony is not lost. Gee, that is a hell of a description, Solomon, before we get to the cause. Um, Mm -hmm. Is that exactly what you wanted um, the viewer to see? Um, And to a point, I wanted them to get both sides. You know, like that review talks about the positive and I guess the negative of what I was portraying in this movie. Uh-huh. And for for you to understand why people want to join it, you have to understand what they go through. So yes, I do show some of those sadistic hazing scenes and they're really brutal to watch. Okay. But you, but you have to see somebody's journey to, to know why they feel they, the way they feel when they get to the other side. Yeah. So Let's, I, me, it, I mean, there is a sense of pride and accomplishment uh, as soon as they cross the sands or whatever it is that they do, uh, mm-hmm. those brothers put on, you know, their T-shirts or their jackets. And I that is the most pride that I had ever seen in young black men or young adults uh, is when they, uh, you know, crossed over and um, it, it to the day they die, it, that's that's just who they are. That's a part of them. Yeah, yeah. it stays with them. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Let's go to Ron C. Ron, thank you for your patience. You're on BON with Solomon Onita Jr. Yeah, enjoying it. And Terry, uh, respect. I have a totally, totally different perspective. First of all, I, I, there's not an organization, a group of anything that I would subject myself to, to belong to. Nothing. Not even a church. No, I'm not going through hazing and all that stuff. To me, silly. Mm -hmm. No, I ain't doing it. But, um, and and secondly, but but you know what? It's just individual. I I, I just don't like the conformity of anything. The most thing I have to conform probably is being one brother than that. I don't like group conformity. But, yeah. And you know what? My two sons went to college. Neither one of them joined. But it's, but now my wife is a Delta. So I, but now I do think, I'm not going to criticize. I don't know their effectiveness. But they're like any other group. We can question the effectiveness of them. That's any mm-hmm. organization or group. Well, you know, so, but, uh, and I will do that. But I don't even waste time doing it. I don't criticize them. I, I just don't see any um, use in it for me. But there are people I know people have, they belong three, four groups. And, and lastly, I see people 50 years old and, like you said, I think wearing the jackets or got it on their license plate and stuff. But just for me, I don't need it. And it, I, I never have. And at this age of my 60s, I, I definitely don't need to be involved in any group association. All right. So, okay. I mean, Thank and that's you. your opinion. And that's the kind of conversation uh, I think is um, constructive, uh, Solomon. And um, Cletus is on Facebook Live, and he said, I just watched the trailer. It looks intriguing. But I always thought of these groups as anti-Hebrew worshipers of things uh, and worshipers of things other than God. How do you respond to Cletus? Yeah, I mean, to both Cletus and the previous caller, uh, these groups are not for everybody. You know, like they're a, they're a certain segment of society and the people who are drawn to them are drawn to them. You know, just like how the military or like other groups are not That's for everybody. Right. That's right. And I guess what I'm doing in this film is that I'm showing you, I'm, I'm questioning, like, uh, I think the, the, the other caller, uh, 
wanted to like question why people joined it. That's exactly what I'm doing in this film. I'm questioning why people join these organizations, and I'm also questioning religious questions as well. So, you know, like if people take the time to watch the film, well, what are see, the religious uh, questions you're asking? Well, I'm, I'm also questioning, you know, how how is religion benefiting us as a whole? You know, because it's given us certain tenets to follow and like how to live our lives, mm-hmm. but like on a practical level, is this organization, is this religion helping us advance as a people, or is it just having us accept something that's less than and promising something better in the afterlife? You know, that's what I'm questioning. So, so, yeah. and, and let me just say, that is what took me aback when I was in West Africa. This, mm-hmm. this, um, that white Jesus thing. I mean, I was in an orphanage for the blind and mm-hmm. they had pictures of white Jesus all over the place. And I'm right. thinking to myself, what is this about? Um, we're out on a tour on a Sunday. And one of the people that are, are touring with us, one of our guides, he's got his Bible out with them. I'm watching people walk blocks and blocks. Well, they don't really have to walk very far in, in Ghana to find a church, a Christian church. I mean, they have Methodists, Latter-day Saints. I mean, mm-hmm. they have just been, as far as I was concerned, I was like, now how did this happen? These people were a beautiful people before white Christianity um, entered their lives. What is it? Yeah. And can you explain this, how this um, Christianity became such a part of the lives? I mean, I've seen... Uh, Nigerian and Ghanaian pastors die um, and drown telling their congregations that they can walk on water. I mean, it's, you know, on different YouTubes and that sort of thing. How did that happen? I would say colonization had a, had a true effect on the people and it it really worked in, in, in all parts of the world, but really in, in West Africa and, and, and in Africa as a whole. Uh-huh. But when, like, you know, when all that stuff happened and pretty much they told the people that who they were, their belief system was evil. They, they equated it to, to being the devil. And then they introduced this new faith system to the people. And over years and generations of preaching that same message, you know, whenever the people view what's innate to them like their own traditional religion they you know like i know people in my family who like when they look at our traditional religion they think it's you know satanic or devil worshiping and stuff like that Uh and i think that's just the it's just the effects of of colonization right yeah but solomon how did you get benny boom and uh, let's see, who else did you get in there? You had Benny Boom and Birdman on board with, with your film. What was their role? Uh, yeah, they're both executive producers of the film. Great. Um, me and, yeah, me and Benny Boom are in the same frat. So that's our connection. Um, when I wrote the school, coming, I mean, when I wrote the script coming out of school, uh, my producer sent it to his company. And since we both, you know, played Alpha Phi Alpha, he saw... Uh, he saw he found a connection to the story, and so he agreed to to help produce the film. And then um, over the course of production, he brought in Birdman, and he and Birdman helped helped with the funding. 
Wow, that that is fantastic. And that is another plus when it comes to sororities and fraternities. You mm-hmm. make connections with people. Uh, it opens doors, gets you funding, gets you jobs. It does all of that. And Pata said something earlier on Facebook Live, and I'll get to it when I find out. I'll, I'll tell you guys what it is when we come back. But let's go to Jay. Jay, thanks for your patience. You are on BLM. Good morning, Perry. Good morning. Well, what I couldn't understand, I mean, for one, where was all those fraternities at when we had all this chaos with the uh, unlawful killing of uh, young black people? They were there. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see any of them. Yes, they were. Big attorney, I, I didn't see them big fraternities. Yes, they were there. They were there mm-hmm. in in mass. Go ahead, Solomon. Tell them how you know that. Yeah, we were we were out there in most major cities. Uh, you know, in, I'm in Dallas, so here in Dallas, uh, all of the fraternities came out uh, to stand and protest, and you know that that's what we're we're kind of all about. Like once once something like this happens within our communities. We we are here to take action and to like force change. Now another s- thing. Now, now as far as as far as the uh, if you're like if you're like minded and you think like minded, why do you have to go through the hazing in order to join? What's the purpose of that? Good well, it's question. the same thing with uh, joining the military. You know, like they want people to be on one accord, and it, it, I guess the whole idea is to break you down and then build you up as one. So when somebody goes through the military track, you know, they're put through all these uh, tough, you know, regiments and, like, workout processes and even to a point hazing, too. And when you go through all that, you break down all your individual characteristics and then you are now a part of the military. So it's the same idea. Let me go to Labinjo very quickly. Labinjo is um, originally from South Africa. Go ahead, Labinjo. Hello, I'm not from South Africa. I'm from Nigeria. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I joined for a brotherhood when I was at UICC, University of Illinois Chicago Circle. Uh-huh. I saw mm-hmm. white people joining their own fraternity helping. When I became a member of the Zylander, you know, we were 15, and then we had people helping us. I, I was already at the, my career, peak of my career. Mm-hmm. So it's because of the brotherhood that I joined. Then Papa Stroger, may so rest in peace, was instrumental in us, 15 of us, SS Fastidious. We were doing everything, you know, our captain, Eric Carter, and other people. So there's a ban on hazing anyway in the the United States. There's no more hazing. It's already been banned. All right. Thank you so much, Labinjo. And I wanted to ask you, Solomon, how can our listeners see this film? Um, It's out on all... VOD platform, so that's Amazon Prime, that's uh, Google Play, that's iTunes. Anywhere we rent or buy movies, you'll find Tasmanian Devil. All right, then. Congratulations, and I hope you and your family are, are okay there in Dallas. It's a terrible thing what has happened. How how are you doing down there? Yeah, we, we finally have power and water, but last week was, uh, hell. was you know, it was a bad week. But It, it we was hell food. It was hell week. <laughs> Thank you so much, Solomon. I'd like to, you know, check back in with you sometime. You have just been awesome. Thank you. Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, uh, I'll love coming back on the show anytime. All right. Uh, We were talking to Solomon Onita Jr. 